With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! This week's episode of Touchy Gunas is proudly brought to you in association with our partners over at Fanslide. Fanslide is the world's first live and in-play fantasy football game. You can play against your friends, you can play against us at Touchy Gunas, the rest of the Touchdown Fruckers Network for free, and be in with a chance of winning cash prizes on select games. Now, you know me. you followed me for long enough and you know I like a bit. And us Arsenal fans at the moment, we haven't got much going for us, have we? So to enjoy the game, why not try and win some money? I'll be there on uh, for the game on Sunday against uh, Chelsea. I mean, it's not likely we're going to win, but with Fanslide, we might actually come out of the game with some cash in our pocket. So head on over to Fanslide. You can find it in the App Store and you can download it today. Fanslide, don't just watch the game, play the game. 
Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas uh, podcast. My name is Lewis, uh, and I'm joined by the two Dan's today. How you doing, chaps? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Can't complain. Yeah, we, we've we've been going at it in the group chat all day, so I feel like I don't really have to do like, "How are you? How are you getting on?" Because I feel like we've been at each other's throats today. Yeah, right, we've been daily. Been been at each other's throats, been on Arteta's neck, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. no, for real, man, for real. Uh, before we start and we actually start getting on our t- onto Arteta and getting treading on his neck, um, just a few things to to plug before we start. Mainly being the Patreon. So big up everyone who is a Patreon. Um, I think we got we got quite a substantial amount of you guys now. So if you, it seems like you guys are enjoying the content. Um, we released a post-match review for Everton um, the day after the game. So if you guys don't want to wait until Thursday now for the release um, and you and you want to get your, your Arsenal fix on a Monday after the game, then uh, join the Patreon and you'll be able to get instant reaction there. So the Patreon link's in the bio. Um, feel free to join and uh, become a Touchy Guna member. Um, why on earth is Dan's picture Anthony Marshall? Bruv, I've got no control over that, you know. I think that's um, that's the the account settings, you know. You need to chat to Mariah about that still. But um, yeah, my camera's kind of back on now. Don't yeah, I? yeah, get rid of that shit, man. <laughs> Fuck you, <yeah>, no. <laughs> Disgrace. Anyway, yeah. Um, obviously, I plugged to the Discord as well. Join our pain on the Discord lives. You know, I'm not too enthusiastic about it these days, but you know, I have to give the plug because my my superiors say I have to. You know, so got to give the plug to the Discord. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about um, transpiring events in the last few days. Um, obviously, we had the Carlin Cup game yesterday, Carabao, whatever is Milk Cup. We had that game yesterday against Man City. I don't think any of us expected anything from it. I missed the first half, so I'm not ready to give you a comprehensive breakdown of the game. Um, <clears throat> let's start with the the, the team itself. Um, how would you how would you guys have approached that game? Would you have um, because I feel like Arteta was caught in two minds a little bit. Like he he didn't want to go strong, but at the same time he didn't want to like completely throw in a towel and go like all w- with the kids basically. And he's done like this mix mash of players who are not going to be here in the summer, fringe players, and one or two um, starting players. So how did you guys think he dealt with the, the um, lineup? Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's, he's a mess, you know, he's a mess right now. Um, he's, he's not making sensible decisions for himself personally. Like, I, I think I put out a tweet um, earlier in, like, in the day yesterday just saying that if he was sensible... He would have started um, Balogun, Smith Rowe, Nelson, and Saliba um, yesterday because we lost the. We, we, we most likely were going to lose the game regardless of who he played. The form that we're on, it doesn't really matter who who he fields at present. But what he could have done was use that as a um, a sort of a testing match to see if those four players, especially, can contribute to 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 Premier League games to see if they have anything about them. Um, Two of them weren't even in the squad, despite being fit and available. Um, and the other two were on the bench. So he, he basically did nothing that um, 
a sensible manager would be doing in the situation that he's in. Because firstly, if they don't perform, you don't lose out because, you know, as I said, you're most likely going to lose the match. And if they do perform, you then have further options that you can use to change your fortunes. Like Balogun in his little cameo looked livelier than anything Lacazette or Nketiah did or have done in the past few weeks. You're wondering why is he not getting minutes? Same can be said of Smith Rowe in his uh, like 15 minute cameo. So, you know, I just feel like he's, he's, he's literally hamstringing himself because he's backed himself into a corner and his ego is not letting him, you know, um, find his way out, basically. <clears throat> you, know, you know, I think we give, we, we give a, 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 a bit of credit when we say ego. I think he's just playing stupid, man. He's, doing so, he's done so many bad things. bozo. What's the German word for stupid? <laughs> Dumb. Yeah, basically dumb, dumb. They're very similar to dumb, but he just makes so many bad decisions. Zirritad, yeah, zirritad. <laughs> I wouldn't use that word, man. That's not politically correct. Luke. I don't care. I don't care. I've had enough. Man. I've had enough. Sue me. <laughs> sue you, no? Yeah, yeah, sue me. But yeah, I think uh, on the selection, I agree. Um, I didn't expect to see Saliba um, in the squad or playing. We know that is um, an ongoing issue, but he, sh- he should have been on both. We know that. Um, what really surprised me is rushing back Martinelli. Um, we, we, we've touched on this. Martinelli's been out for nearly a year now. Um, has played 45 minutes from the, for the under-23s and um, was already in the squad for the game last time. Um, I think he played 15 minutes or something and then started the game straight after. This is not, this is not, um, this doesn't look like a, like a good way of bringing him back from a long-term injury. And uh, he also had a big scare in the half. So, um, I think Balogun should have started 100%. I knew I'd say I was going to pick up, pick some shit lineup, but um, at least I wanted him to start Balogun. Um, and I think the mismanagement of that Balogun situation is 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 is, is, is really really bad. Um, this guy is going to leave for free, and um, he's a he's a bigger talent um, than all the strikers we have, bar Martinelli. And I I think he could be a bigger talent than Martinelli, to be honest. So um, he looks like a real 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 talent. Um, and instead, we give a minute to Eddie, um, give a minute to Lacazette. Uh, very disappointing. Um, so that's the one thing I, I needed him to do at the bare minimum. Um, obviously, I was hopeful for ESR, but man, uh, he kind of knew he wasn't going to start. But I think finally going to the start and probably ESR. The rest, uh, I knew there was going to be some fit in there. Mm. The thing about Smith Road that... Um really pisses me off as well, is that he could have been on loan right now. You know, he could have been on loan um, in a championship, maybe even a Premier League team because he, he performed quite well in the championship last season. So um, I do think there would have been a market for him in England um, where you can you can even see him a bit a bit more up close and personal. Like, you know, he went to Leipzig, he was injured a lot, only, only played three appearances, I think, for them, no starts. So um, I feel like he could, have, he could have been on loan and keeping him here, to, you know, ride the bench for Europa League games, ride the bench for League Cup games. It makes no sense to me why he is still at Arsenal um, during this during this time period. And, and, and it's, a, it's a major issue for me because you look at um, players who are a similar age to him, Mason Mount, you know, I don't think Mason Mount is a full year old, older than Emil Smith-Rowe. He's played over 150 um, first-team minutes, right? Whereas Smith-Rowe, I don't think, has touched 50, 50 games um, in across all all the teams that he's played played for, you know. So to me, I just feel like we're really inhibiting 
what these youth players could do because we don't even know what they're on because they're literally not playing football. Like, none of them are playing football. Um, like, flipping Smith-Rowe um, could be on 150 uh, appearances if we if we're given him season-long loans um, from when he's hit the first Nelson team. Nelson as well. Nelson could be. Nketiah could be. Um, Balogun, there's a contract situation, so he's not on loan uh, this season. But even all of these youth players like Aziz, uh, Cottrell, um, Serjan, who's just been promoted, they're talking about Charlie Patino. I just feel like the whole um, hype that they've made about this, you know, we've got a new loan manager that's going to be doing this, that and the other, it's redundant because these players aren't, they're not playing anywhere. They're not going on loan. They're not playing for Arsenal. So they're literally doing what is the worst thing for their development right now. That age, that age group from 18 to 21, they should be playing. Right. And there are teams, there's a market for these players to play, as you've seen with Chelsea. They loan out like 40, 50 players every single year. So I don't really see why we can't do that as well. Let's go on to um, the performance itself, because um, the performance itself, <laughs> I didn't think was actually that bad, uh, which is going to sound ridiculous to say, considering we lost 4-1. But I felt like for... Uh, like I said, I didn't see the first half an hour. So when I tuned in, I know we were one nil down. Uh, I think I must have tuned in just before Lacazette scored. Was it one one at half time? I can't remember. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I can't actually remember. But yeah, I tuned in when it was one nil, and then fr from that point, I thought we were actually in the game. I didn't think we were. Um, I don't think we were particularly being outclassed. Um, maybe maybe we were in the first 30 minutes. And I just and I, sk I skipped through that part. But um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the Runison. I want to talk a little bit about Runison, okay? Because and I have to I have to eat my words a little bit because you know what I thought Arsenal. What we could do was we could spend cheaply on a goalkeeper, right? Number twos don't matter. La di da di da, all that crap. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, uh, I was cheerleading for us spending little on a goalkeeper. However, what I didn't anticipate was us signing some geezer from Hackney Marshes to come and play for us, <laughs> or whatever the equivalent of the Icelandic Hackney Marshes is. Yeah, Reykjavik Marshes, whatever that is. I didn't expect the equivalent of that. And, <sighs> mate, we're in you trouble. If Leno gets injured, there's a lot of people saying it. If Leno gets injured, yeah, we're in big, big trouble. This guy, this guy can't, he, he can't save anything. He plays like them, uh, like a striker filling in for goalkeeper when, yeah. you, when you've got no subs left on yeah. the bench. It, well, he, that's what it looked like yesterday. If you play six aside and your boy has to go and go, that's how he plays, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we we already can't score goals. So if you're going to be starting games where you're at a minus two deficit, yeah, then we we, we could be getting relegated. Like <laughs> like if Leno gets injured and Leno and and this is not even uh, this is the thing is it's not even um, a compliment to Leno because Leno hasn't been that good. Do you know what I mean? Leno hasn't been that good. But how the hell we? What are we doing? Like fucking? <laughs> do you fancy a, do you fancy a game in goal, mate? Like do you fancy a game in goal? Like is that what we're doing? Like the goalkeeper coach wants his friend to get a, a job or something. What, what what's all this about? I said Northern Life, Northern Life Marshes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, yeah, with with this guy, it's it's not even a hindsight thing because I searched I searched the chat as well today. Um, you know, when when um there was talk of Martinez leaving, and we that that we said 
in in the chat. He should we should move for um, Ariola on loan. He's available on loan. He's going to Fulham. We should move for him, or we should take take Joe Hart um, on a free because I do think the second keeper isn't that important. But what you do want is a level of competence yeah. there, so you can rotate your keeper um, to some extent. And I genuinely feel like if uh, if Arteta. Like, I know I've said if Arteta is sensible, he's obviously proven that he's not sensible. But this guy actually can't play again for, for Arsenal. He actually can't. Um, just because I feel like the games that we have now, we can't really be affording to to throw points away. Europa League knockouts, I don't care if we're playing cannon fodder. You can't, you absolutely cannot afford to go out to an error from your goalkeeper. So I generally Three just think... Three errors, maybe. Yeah, I just I generally think he can't play again for, for Arsenal. It's a mistake, 1.5 mil, write it off. You you move him on, you know, um, and and that's done now. He's he's finished. It's indicative, you know what? It's just indicative of our transfer policy, though, isn't it? It's like, <clears throat> you know, it's it's all done on on who, who like we're turning into that kind of gentleman's club of like you get entry based on who you know, you know, signings like, signs of Willian, Pablo, Mari, Cedric, Runison. <laughs> There's referral brands everywhere. It's referral, yeah, exactly. It's a pyramid scheme, isn't it? It's a, it's fucking. Um, <laughs> what's that? What's that bloody thing called? The the, the fitness thing. <laughs> oh, what's it called again? Oh. You see their cars everywhere. I can't remember what it is, but anyway, oh, it's one of them schemes. Yeah, where everyone's on a referral and and taking money off the top. But yeah, it's just indicative of our of our transfer policy at, at the moment. I think it's a, it's turned into a gentleman's club again. Um, something that you would expect from the George Graham era, you know, oh. and it's, but we, we, we want to get on to talking about what we should do in January to fix this. Do you even trust these guys to spend the money? To, to, do, to do what's required and also identify what is required. Like we've been, we've been discussing, discussing in the group, but ultimately William was signed as the creative player this season. They were confident enough for William to be, to 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 lead um to lead us creatively and take on the burden Uzo has left and they were confident enough to not register Uzo and just give this responsibility to William. So God knows who they're giving this responsibility to next. Um, I mean, people dismissing Ericsson links. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, bruv. This again, like the William deal, it's a deal that's easily done, convenience. Um, and January is notoriously a difficult window to do deals. Players are difficult to move. Like we're talking about our Leon, our first in League. Uh, um, do you know what I mean? Like the money we'd have to to, to fork out to kind of get. Man, I know that that league has um has a has a bad financial situation with regards to the TV deal falling through. But um, I think I think what I said as well. I think he'd be better off just waiting to the summer. Like whatever happens with the league, he'd be he'd be fine. There'll be suitors for him. Why would why would he rush to go to 15, 16 flights Arsenal unless we throw in the bag at him? So yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's very it's very doom and gloom. I think what they will probably do is is alone Isco or Ericsson um and potentially sign a player that um that um Isco that and Ericsson. Esco, Isco or Ericsson. Okay, okay. And then and maybe if if they're if they're feeling ambitious, they might sign a player in addition as well. So they might do Isco or Ericsson. And then Buendia, I, I could I could see them doing something like that. But yeah. I think you made some good points of Buendia. Um, what what are Norwich going to let him go for twenty million when the price of getting to the um, the the Premier League is around a hundred million for them? So the value that he 
um, represents for Norwich is, is 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 way higher than twenty million, which was probably his market value. So that could be a more difficult deal to kind of push through. But I think in the in the past, Norwich have always been quite um quite um quite positive on doing dealings and uh, making money. So maybe 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 they get that one through. But they priced, um, they priced Max Aaron's out of a move this summer. They did. They did. I, see, I, I I don't I think I think it's easy to say Burnley has an easy deal to make because Norwich have. They need to. They need to get into the Premier League, um, and it's not an easy deal. They'll stretch it out for the whole of January, number one, because they'll want. There's no release clause. They can just. Release yeah, like it's not an easy deal to make because literally the 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 the, the prize money for making it to the Premier League is 100 million. So if they lose Burnley, there's every possibility that they don't make it to the Premier League. So you've got to make it worth their while. Mm-hmm. To um, I think we had this conversation on the pa- on the Patreon pod, right? We were t- discussing what what we can what we can do in the summer, in in the winter window. It's not an easy deal to make, man. There's no easy deal to make. Just like finding a new coach in in January is going to be an arduous task. Like that, we we did um, the Patreon piece was mainly about what managers we we would like to see take over from Arteta because I think we've all come to the conclusion that we don't think Arteta is the guy. Um, and a new a number of suggestions were, were made. But it's, again, it's, it's another thing that's going to be extremely difficult to navigate. You know, who do we get? I, at this point, I'm, te- I'm telling you, I, I know you guys think I'm joking. I'll fucking bring Wenger back. I'm, 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 I'm with you on this one. I'm with you on this one. <laughs> for reason that, unless we get Pochettino, that's the, like, I think the managers that are actually available right now, they're on the market. I think only Pochettino appeals to me. And I have doubts over the club. Putting the money behind that, um, obviously, um, we we know that he probably wants a substantially bigger wage wage packet than Ateta. He has more coaching staff than Ateta. I think, um, like just financially, that might be something that the club is not interested in. I do think he'd be interested in the role. Um, so yeah, I think unless we get Pochettino at Hasnetter, we could try price him out of Southampton. But again, that's not an easy thing to do in during this um moment in time. Not, I know Southampton are doing well, but the the risk for them is um, if they give them if they if they let Hasner to go and then they get relegated, that is absolutely ridiculous. So that that's not something they can facilitate easily. So two two managers that we identified that we 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 can both we can all agree on that it's, it's rather difficult to probably do that for different reasons. So then we have to look at something to just pick up our form that can help us in like immediately and. Um, Winger is about. Um, I, I don't really like. I don't really want Rafa Benitez. Um, I see people suggesting good sitting. I do think we should probably go with an interim for the rest of the season, and then pick the best manager that's available in the summer, because we need to pick up form now. We can't wait another month, another two months. Like, like mm. I'm, I'm dead serious when I say we are in a relegation scrap. Like, we ain't won in two months, and we ain't, we also are not drawing games. We're actually just losing games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, shout out, shout out, Big Sam, man. He said we're we're in that scrap with him, bruv. And he's Big Sam just trying to drag any team down there with him, boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's relegation mind games, you know. We're not used yeah, to sure. it. That's relegation big, mind games, man. We need to stop all for the tricks. So but, Big Sam, Big Sam wants us down, man. He he he, hundred percent wants us down. He would love to see us relegated, man. Of course he would. From his from his Bolton and Blackburn days. But um, but you know what? I think the interim might prob- will probably be the best way forward, um, given where we are as a club. But I think alongside that interim manager, I think we need to sack Edu and get 
in a proper um, director of football slash technical director, whatever you want to call it, just because I feel like he, that person who is in that role, can then help to identify who the perfect um, manager will be. And I feel like if we're sacking Arteta and then leaving Edu in that role, I feel like we're just going to be back here um, in another 12 months because Edu doesn't have a clue what he's doing as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I just feel that as long as he is there supposedly calling the shots about, you know, the technical direction of um, the football club, then when we're not going to prosper because if we've seen what the signings that we've seen this guy oversee um, and the players that we're actually seeing leave the academy as well, um, uh, under under his tutelage, you know, he's taken us in a wrong, wrong direction. You know, like the likes of Balogun, you've seen Yunus Musa leave um, and he's balling out at Valencia. I think these are also important aspects of his job that he's not doing correctly at present. You know, like the the big talent that we have in the, in the team, if they're not going to contribute to the first team, they should be sold for value. They should not be let um, to leave, leave on free transfers or for compensation, whatever you're going to get um, for them. The fact that we're not able to shift uh, a lot of these men, you know, uh, that that have no right being in the, in and around the, uh, the Arsenal first team, you know, I think these these are big big indictments of this guy um, doing his job, and they're also giving Arteta excuses as well, um, and I don't like that. Um, I feel like the accountability isn't quite there um, at the moment because a lot of this blame is being put at Arteta's feet, but I feel like he does have some valid. Uh, excuses as to the makeup of the squad, the numbers in the squad, the people that he he has to work with. And personally, I don't like giving managers excuses like that. I think you need to build the correct framework around them and then you let them hang themselves with their own rope. If you look at um, Chelsea, for example, they've gone out and they've said to Lampard this season, right, got top four, we're going we're gonna to give you every single player that you want. Right, so if Chelsea underperform this season, there is no one that you can look at other than Frank Lampard, right? Because you say that the structure is there and in place and it's working, right? At Bayern Munich, when um, Kovac was flopping, they could say, "Look, the structure and everything is is perfect, right? And it is in place." The moment he left, they got in Flick, who was used to the um, this, the, the the sort of the hierarchy, how the club worked, and they won five trophies in a season. So. I, I just don't like the way that there's so many layers of failure at Arsenal. And I feel like that director of football, as well as sacking Arteta, is, is massively important as well. So, kind of. Just on the structure, because I've seen a lot of suggestions online saying, oh, yeah, even, even Aziz's structure maybe was better. No, actually, a streamlined structure is quite good. We have less people making decisions. What you, what you then need is competent personnel. I just don't think Arteta is competent enough. I don't think Adu is competent enough, evidently. And I know we've only had 12 months, and Adu is a bit harder to judge than Arteta, but he has not sold any of the players that should have been sold this summer, which is a big, big indictment, in my opinion, on them. So um, since then, I've been, I was optimistic initially with the uh, party and Awala stuff, and I thought Uzi would be playing as well, but the squad has not been complemented in the way that it should have been. So, yes, Ateta has some excuses, but also Ateta has made a lot of bad decisions on personnel. And then, um, ultimately, I think the structure that we have in place now is the structure of how a lot of modern clubs are trying to make decisions. I, I think we don't actually need Ateta to be a manager. I think that's probably a bit too much say. Um, they were a bit too eager to give him that that kind of title. But um, you have um, 
you have the coach working with the technical directors, identifying players and bringing them in. And um, that if it's just a two-way, if it's just two men working on this, really, and making the footballing decisions, it's quite good. Um, just need to get competent people. And I see I see uh, some of the comments um, suggesting as um, a type of placement, Favre and also Sari. I think we, we wouldn't want a manager that hasn't had experience with what we're in right now, um, which is which is definitely... We're probably not fully in the relegation scrap yet, but we we are close to it, man. Like you need to find a man, you need to bring a manager in that has some experience of steadying a ship when there's the ship. So, so what are you saying? Big Sam chose the wrong the wrong club, yeah? He should have held out for us. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't replace one dinosaur with another dinosaur, but um, do you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, so I think and the father also just recently been sacked at Dortmund. So I think Difficult to, or I, I would, I would stay away from managers who are just have just been let let go from a job. They need some time sometimes to kind of um, kind of find their feet again. Um, I think it's too too soon for Farber and sorry, don't speak English, so I, I know maybe a bit xenophobic, but I think that's a big requirement in this job. But then I tell I was is selling people a dream of of the English. It's the English, isn't it? At least sell me dreams in Italian. I won't understand it, so I won't fall for it. <laughs> So Dan, why was you uh, Nigerian Dan? Why was you shaking my head when I said bring Arteta back? Uh, bring Avenger back? Sorry, I just feel like the club needs to move forward, man. Um, We're going backwards at the moment. No, nah, but I just feel like bringing Wenger back not only makes the club look ridiculous, like it, it would actually be just the epitome of of circus. And I don't, I just hate it when our club looks stupid. Mm. Um, Personally, I just think we'd we'd look absolutely ridiculous bringing um, Arsavenga back. Sort of like, uh, you know, these these pricks like Tim Sherwood coming up saying, "Ah, uh, you know, the grass ain't always greener." This, that, and the other. Like the mm-hmm. decision to move Wenger on was absolutely one hundred percent the right one for me. The decision to move Emery on absolutely one hundred percent the right right one. What they need to do is now focus on getting the next appointment correct. Arsavenga does not need to be anywhere near the club. I, I personally don't think. Um, He'd come back. Um, you know, I feel like he... Yeah, I feel like he... The fact that he's not even been back to the club to watch a game or, you know, um, meet meet with some of the people, um, like the Cronkies, etc. Um, I don't think he'd, he'd accept that just because I think we, we did sort of mug him off um, the way that he was let go. But I just feel like things, moves like that, they, they just never work out how you expect them to. I don't know what Wenger's like working in a sort of relegation <clears throat> relegation fighting team i just i just don't think that's the that's the correct move personally um but i do think I an interim that. would work i hear that but I, I think in general what we need to do now is unless we get the 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 the, the, the coach right as and get a top coach in it has to be an interim that is capable of managing the situation because we are in a very peculiar situation right now when i spit bars in a room when i go hard last and ten Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
when I spit bars in a man, I go hard like Santan. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now... Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed's match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueIsle. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueIsle. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. People, Some people are asking me, am I serious about Vanguard? Listen... <laughs> I'm at my wit's end, mate. I'm at my wit's end. I don't really know what the answer is anymore. All I know is Wenger knows his group of players. Wenger knows how to navigate the Premier League. Yes, he is not the answer. Yeah, he is not the he's not the answer. And if you and if you, if he's not the answer, then you got to start wondering what is the question, right? So, <coughs> um, I, I just think he's uh, someone that can manage this group of players, and he's got some. Uh, positives out of some of these players before as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like half serious with it, half serious with the Wenger stuff, because I just don't know who else we would get as an interim. I'm, I'm done with Arteta. Arteta is not going to stop the rut. Arteta is going to, we're going to keep losing under Arteta. Yeah, he's doing more damage than, than anything, actually. Yeah, for, potentially. Like losing Saliba, maybe, or Balagan looks like we've lost them already. So. Yeah, exactly. And I just think a steady pair of hands to... To, to stabilize the ship is needed, I, and I don't, I don't really know who else where to, 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 who else to turn to. Like Wenger's been that guy for me for the last twenty years or whatever, so it's difficult for me to actually look outside the box. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, lads. I don't know. I don't know. And um, <sighs> is that is that for, for for me? There is no hope. But I'm asking you guys: Is there hope for you guys to think that Attack can turn this around? If they're no, how does he turn it around? How does he turn it around? I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't believe it. But a lot of fans, this is what they're arguing: If we get in one, two turning, I think this is like the, this would be the biggest turnaround I've ever seen in my life. Bro, it would be it would be one for the it would be one for Guinness World Records or something, <laughs> man. Because I'm, I'm telling you, to, yeah, has there been any other circumstances, instances? I, I mean, it would have been gone at any other club, this, right? Discussing it today, um, I think Nigel Pearson probably is one um, that that you can see because Leicester were terrible mm. that season. They and then he, he he saved them, I guess, the last week. But then he got sacked anyways. And then they won the league the next year. But um, I think Pearson and Hassan Hootel are the closest that. It, it can get to, but I think in 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 both of those situations, neither Southampton or Leicester are big clubs like this. And what you see is that normally by this time the manager is sacked, right? Mm. That's just a fact. The manager never ever gets time to turn it around. And I think the reason for that is because it's 
literally impossible for them to do it, right? When, Because I, I don't understand what changes. If you bring two or three players into this, right, I don't think it turns around. I think you saw um, in uh, Pochettino's penultimate season, the league form that they had um, was, was pretty dire, right? I know they got to the Champions League... Um, they got to the Champions League final, but their league form was was terrible, right? They added, you know, they spent a bit of money, added Endombele, added Lo Celso, but even then their league form still continued to rot. So I don't even think that new signings at this stage where you're losing, you know, eight matches in a row. Um, you didn't know, you're, you're, didn't you're Oli go for a run like this? It weren't this bad. It just weren't this bad. I'm looking at it now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Nine, ten. So two wins in thirteen games. Oli had. Yeah, quite similar. It's quite similar, and that was the back end of eighteen nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't he have the excuse of some of the players were injured? And and also, I, so. I remember us beating them. Didn't wasn't that the game we beat them? Like uh, Pepe scored, I think. No, not Pepe. Beat, beat them two 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 nil. But but the two thing nil, is with that. Yeah. Um, the thing is with that though um, is, I think Ole has never, you know, sort of been ostracizing players of his players in his team. I think they just lacked quality, right? Like Ole wasn't telling Paul Pogba come outside, excluding him from from the squad. Ole wasn't, you know, sending all of his youth prospects to to the Gulag to go play in Hof- uh, what's it in Hertha Berlin. You know, Ole wasn't saying to to to, to the Mbappe of centre backs. Um, you know that <laughs> <laughs> people have associated it with my name now, so I have to keep it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, mm. he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't beef. He wasn't beefing everyone under the sun. Do you know what I mean? Like Arteta is too confrontational now. I think to turn things around, the, the decisions that he's made, man management wise, I think are, are nails in his coffin. I can I cannot see how the treatment of some of these players is going to just be forgotten and and moved moved over just because an hour signs or a Buendia signs. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I just, can't, I just can't see it. That, that, that kind of, that, 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 the the mentality that, that some players have towards him, the, the the feelings that some players have to him, that's that's deep-rooted. That could be spreading across the squad. Because um, I'm pretty sure, you know, like... I think the, one thing that's important here, as you said... Yeah, the, the French lads can't be looking at how Saliba's being treated and thinking... You know, like they—they they, surely they're, they're probably discussing amongst themselves. Oh, that's fucked, man! Like, you and can't get behind well, a manager who who is doing your mates dirty. You know, bruv, you seen Pepe, Saliba, and Guendouzi joking on Instagram, bruv? Like they're doing it publicly, like mm. showing their com- camaraderie with each other. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. boy, I think Arteta's dusted, man. He's absolutely dusted. Well, according to the board, he has their full support. So, it's is just, that is that like the extra? I, don't yeah, I think with these things, there's always you have the full support as uh, as long as you're in the job, but you could be out of the job next week. So these things can change very, very quickly. So um, I think if he loses to Chelsea, if he loses to Brighton, and then loses also to West Brom, he's gone. Uh, they don't give a shit about support at that point anymore. Like three more mm-hmm. on the balance, and they're like, listen, who are the next three games? Chelsea, who and who? Chelsea, Brighton, and West Brom, I believe, on the next three. I mean, it has to be six points, doesn't it? It has to be. Right? I think we can forgive the Chelsea defeat, right? If we, we'll probably write that one off and be and say we'll probably lose that game. 
Um, you have to beat Brighton and West Brom. If, but if you're going to write that off, you have to beat Brighton and West they Brom. They have to sack him. And they, they should have already sacked him, but... Um, the thing um, is, yeah, I think I think there's something deeply wrong with Arteta, though. The way he approaches football games. <laughs> I'm serious. There's something deeply wrong with the way he approaches football games, and um, and also and also the way he, I don't know, obviously how he does in private, but also when after the game, how he analyzes the games. He he's mm. not honest in his assessment of the game. Always pretending that we played well enough to win. When if we played well enough to win, surely out of the last fifteen games, we would have won more than two. Like, come on, man, let's stop, stop, stop chatting Listen, shit. Talks, man. Like, according to Arteta, he's the un, the most unlucky manager in the world. Like everything, everything that is highly likely hasn't happened. Everything that's not likely at all has happened. It's just, you know, he he's due, he's due to win the lottery with how bad <laughs> how, how with how bad his luck has been recently. Yeah, I think I think Dan's spot on. You know, because. The way that he actually is, the, the way I un- interpret him, his analysis of the games is he's looking at the XG number and saying ours was higher than theirs, so we should have won, right? But, but, and, we're not, but we're not even getting higher XGs than in some games. So we, they're looking at a different model. Like, what, they got their own one. It's crazy because the, the stuff that he's coming out with is not matching the reality of what, what we're watching, as um, as Dan said. So like, I don't even think it's it is, that intricate. I think he's got his own stat that he's looking at like p- number of passes into the left-hand channel <laughs> no but you know do you know do you know what's mad yeah he, he what did he say he said that um football is not like basketball yeah in basketball if you shoot 50 times the other team shoots once you're gonna win every single game right mm-hmm. but in football if that happens you can still lose one nil but what he's mm-hmm. not understanding yeah, is that we, we're the team we're the team that's shooting one time and we're losing you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying so it doesn't even make sense um, yeah. that, that you, you're watching this match and you think that we're peppering these teams and we can only use that example like what but for two games this season which is Spurs and Burnley right the other games have been pretty even in terms of sh- shots you know it's only Burnley and Spurs that we were you know and, and Spurs, it's not like we had a shitload of shots. Listen, where's this guy that Athletic told us about? This smart, ever-changing, adaptable, young, inspired coach. This guy is the dinosaur. Yeah, man. lied to me, man. I want my one ninety-nine back. Oh, oh my best. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! No, the guy's he's he's generally coming off as deranged with some of these things that he's coming out with. You know, like I know people are talking saying, oh yeah, he's articulate, this, that, and the other. It's literally, if he was doing this in the accent that Emery was giving us, he would have been gone. If he if he had the same hair and same, you know, uh, dental hygiene that, that, that Emery had, this guy would be long gone. He'd be long gone. He's benefiting from the fact that, you know, he, he, he wears Stone Island and he's got a thick head of hair. That's, that's the only reason why he's still in the job. Honestly, mm. yeah, but you say that, but I mean, we gave Emery about six months too long, too long as well. So maybe it's just maybe it's not to do with that. Maybe it's just because our board are haven't got a clue about football. Because I, I, I personally, I, I, I don't, I don't see us sacking Arteta. I said it on the Patreon PC the other day. I don't see us sacking him. Not for I think they'll give him the January window to navigate. I think they'll give him a few players. Um, who those players will be, I, I don't know. But I think they'll give him offensive players. I'm sure um, Arteta will have his short list of players that they want to bring in. 
Uh, it may or may not include Ericsson, which is what we spent half the day arguing about today. Um, and I think they'll be like, cool, you've got some offensive players. Show me what you got now. No excuses. And then if that don't work, we're still losing games by like March. I reckon then he'll probably go. But I don't think he'll go now. I, I just don't think the, the club do not have a, a plan in place. <laughs> that much is obvious, yeah. That much is obvious, right? So I don't they're not prepared for this. They haven't prepared for him to be this bad, which I don't blame them for particularly, because yes, we started to see signs at the back end of last season, and we were thinking, mm, okay, cool, you've steadied the ship. Now where's your offensive plan? Um so yeah, fine. We were early to speak on it, and we got a lot of negative, we got a lot of a lot people of saying we're negative and yeah. you know la di da di da the same old shit that we usually get right but again our platform it not to sound not to big ourselves up or anything like that we were ahead of the curve generally speaking yeah we we're ahead of the curve we recognize things that's what happens when you do objective analysis when you do objective analysis you can pinpoint things and if you discuss them rationally then you come to certain conclusions and the conclusions were Arteta doesn't have an offensive strategy and there's only so much that his brand of football is going to yield going forward. Now, we had an encouraging summer transfer window um, to start. Semi-encouraging. You know. Yeah. The, the, now, but I, 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 feel like, I, I feel like because we've been so bad, hmm. we're downgrading the window as we go along now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you I, know? I, 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 so, but at the time when we were signing these players, we were thinking, boy, I mean, you look at the predictions. You look at the predictions. We got that optimism back, right? No one predicted below Listen, six. I, I, I look, hold on, hold on. Let me just quickly interject. I predicted what I predicted because I thought it was a good player, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, that was in October when you predicted it, Dan. He had a yeah, play. Was that after he got not registered? Yeah but, the, yeah, but it was, it was, we were still four or five games in and he hadn't been in any of the squads. Yeah, to be fair, he, he the, the, the Premier League oh, registration hadn't, hadn't happened. Then. No, it so, hadn't. Yeah. Listen, You'd I still hold on to that 1% yeah. chance. I don't know why, but... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I've lost my trailer thought now anyway. But, um, essentially, I don't, I don't see the club being prepared for this in the slightest. And... Um, I, I can't see them making any moves until we're absolutely desperate. Absolutely desperate. And I feel like... Sorry? I think we're already there, though. I think there's a few things that they're clinging on to right now. To One would be the return of Partey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I don't, we're not getting relegated if Partey plays every game from now to the end of the season. Right? That's... I think that... that, that I think... You could have me as the manager and we're not going to get relegated with if Partey plays for the rest of the season every game because he's just that good. We're going to win games because he's just going to boss up the centre midfield and we're going to nick wins. Um, I think Martinelli's return is another big thing, hence why they made, you know, Dan, you were speaking a little bit earlier about, you know, you think they rushed him back. I think they're very eager to get Martinelli back because they know this attack, this, this offensive line needs some freshening up. It needs new ideas. It needs uh, it needs someone like Martinelli, if we're being honest. Um, and also, I think they're banking on doing some business in Jan. Hmm. So I think these are the things that they think are going to see Arteta through. Whether it whether it works or not, I don't know. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. You know, I don't trust who they're going to be 
bringing in. Um, Fabrizio Romano today, he said, Ericsson is low. Well, let's get it right for Leo. Let's get it right for Leo because, you know, Leo did well. Don't forget him. (laughs) He said, he said, Ericsson is not a high priority for Arsenal. Awa and someone else is. Um, Who do you guys think that someone else would be? Isco for me. I think it's Isco. And how do you feel about Isco? Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, listen. Again. Isco, like five years ago, I'd have been fucking doing my nothing, mate. I'll take any any type of quality, but. Isco, Isco obviously has technical quality still. Um, that doesn't go away, but I just don't know if he physically is up for it. Um, mm. And I don't know how, how strongly he can affect games. So if 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 they're getting him, they need to get someone else as well because there's no way I'm trusting just Isco to come in and do, do bits for us. Even with someone else coming in, I think that other person might be carrying him. So I probably will be carrying him. So... In general, we, we always say we need to increase our technical security because it's very poor, as you saw yesterday. So many moves broke down for people under-hitting passes, over-hitting passes, not being able to retain possession in the final third. So even though I don't think Isco's ideal, he still has those basic fundamentals that um, would at least give us give us some of that. And then if someone else comes into addition, that would increase our level quite a bit because we, we have basically... that We don't have that right now. So... Um, him in, in addition to someone would definitely improve us, but I wouldn't want to sign him. Um, I have to be very clear. Isco, if I if if anything, a six month loan, six month loan, um, maybe an option if he does really well, we could consider it. But there's, no, I don't think that is the sign that we should be making. Mm. And yeah, see the clubs, because no, clubs selling clubs know we're desperate, right? So Real Madrid are probably desperate to get Isco off their books. They're and apparently. I mean, who's giving them 40 mil for... Oh, well, let me not speak too soon because we could do the madness oh, still. But, <laughs> but I think I think clubs obviously know how desperate we are. You know, we're, we're probably going to be after every available attacking midfielder this window, aren't we? And if it means Isco or nobody and Real Madrid start saying things like, well, we'll give you him a loan, but there's an obligation to buy... Hmm. <laughs> I think we would be silly enough to take it. I really do because de- I think we'd be so desperate. We can't continue how we are. Continu- we yeah, can't continue yeah. with with this set of players. Would Isco improve us? Yes. Yes. Probably. Yes. Probably. Probably. This is this is the whole argument is- that we've had though when we said this is why Ericsson's got to be on the list because it's an easy deal to do. In a yes, relationship. I agree. They can mm. easily just yeah, we bring Ericsson in. Like, mm-hmm. does he improve us? Does Ericsson improve us? Probably a little bit. I I just feel like with Isco, um, you have to look at some of his compatriots, yeah, um, that have been sort of on the fringes at Madrid. So I think James is probably one to look at. And then Gareth Bale is another one to look at. And I feel like Isco is closer to Gareth Bale than he is to James, personally. Like, if you look at the the limited amount of football that he's played recently, um, his conditioning as well, like... Some of the pictures that we're seeing of him are wild, you know, that you're actually having to ask whether or not they're photoshopped because you can't tell whether they've put that um, fat fat person filter on it 
um, versus whether that's really him. You know, he's growing his hair out. He's looking like he should be some sort of spin bowler playing for for Pakistan uh, in the in the, in the cricket World Cup. Do you know what I mean? So. If this is a guy that we're bringing in, I feel like it's going to be another sort of Dennis Suarez type signing where this guy's going to need another, you know, six weeks to get to the condition where he can actually contribute. And by that time, you know, the season's basically over. So um, I, I'm not feeling that it's going to sign in at all. Um, I feel, I think I would like the club to be looking at Buendia. I feel like last season, he was one that I actually genuinely really wanted us to sign in the summer. Um I was surprised that no club moved for him, for, for him uh, in in the summer, and I feel like if you were to come into this, come out of this January window with Awa and Buendia, I feel like that goes a long way to solving your creativity issues, just because of the profiles that they have. I know there's question marks about Buendia's um, sort of physical abilities, but his his numbers. Right, not just to be, you know, some sort of stats nerd and whatnot, but he is he, he was good at pressing from the front um at Norwich. And I do like the fact that he is um very creative, you know, in, in sort of the old school sense that he plays risky passes, he takes people on, and he actually is sort of someone who can play that final pass that I feel is completely lacking um in our team at the moment. So I would like that signing to happen personally. Yeah, I think Buendia would be, uh, amongst the players named, I think he would probably be um, one of my one of my favoured targets. But I'm still not convinced that he's... Because I think there's a, uh, there, there was a, an interesting conversation going on the other day. I think some Chelsea fan was talking about, um, I forgot her name. Uh, she was like, Oh, how how dare Arsenal fans turn their nose up at Tammy Abraham? And I'm like, okay, but yeah, we fine. Yeah, we're, we're 15th. Yeah, Sorry, I was gonna say we have a Bamian that's not scoring. We need someone that can actually create some chances. Exactly, exactly. And also, there's this thing of like, okay, yes, someone might improve us, but it's not just about improving to at a macroscopic levels. We need to make rapid improvement. Like we're not a 50, we, we should not be 15th place in the league. We shouldn't be making improvements so we can get to 10th or 9th. We need to be making improvements so we can get right back up there with, with, with the other elite teams. Like it's, I don't, I don't buy all this half halfway house transfer policies, you know, buying people that are marginally better. So, it it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense to me because then when you do finally get back to maybe seventh or eighth place, you're in exactly the same position again with overpaid players who aren't good enough to take you to the level that you need to be at. And yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not there for that, man. That's 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 the reason why as um, I think we had we've discussed Blendia before and I said he's a good player, but that was one of the reasons why I thought like he's not quite the level that we want. And if we if we, I, any transfer you make for the first team should be a, a transfer that is substantially improving on what we have right now or replacing the quality. A party signing. Yeah, or replacing the quality as leaving the team. And whilst I think Wendy is good, I don't think I don't think it would start for another top six team. So this is this this is still the aim. Even though we are looking at a relegation scrap potentially, we still need to look at recruiting the players that ultimately get us to the level where we want to be because this guy's not signing a six month loan. Or six month contract, he's signing a four year deal probably. So if we if we don't get out of this relegation stuff, next year he's still going to be on the books. So what's going to happen? He's going to be playing for us, um, and we 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 we're, we're moaning about the lack of quality compared to 
the teams that we actually want to compete with. So this this recruitment stuff is not as difficult as Arsenal make it, um, but you, you need to have clear criterias and then pick the players based on those. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap things up? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, not not really. Like, who do you guys feel more lied to by, Arteta or Emery? Who, I, which I, which liars hurt you the most? Who's I, I, been I, the I, most fraudulent? Arteta is one hundred percent a liar, right? Like one hundred, like one hundred percent a liar. I, I I just think that every every single thing that comes out of his mouth now is certifiable waffle. Like you're saying, even the Saliba comments yesterday. James James Bench, who has been like high on this um, Saliba bandwagon with the rest of us, yeah, he asked him why was Saliba not in the squad. He said he's not in the squad because he's not in the squad. And Ben, he doubled down. He said to him, you know, um, <clears throat> but I was I, I thought anyone who complained the Premier League complained the EFL. And then Arteta's trying to talk about January. We made a decision about January loans, but so so that's the decision that I'm going to stick to. But he was in the squad against Leicester in the first round of this competition. So, you know, what are you talking about? Like, and that's that's how I feel every time this guy opens his mouth. I just want to know what you are talking about. You're you're just waffling and saying stuff that makes no sense. It doesn't match any of the actions that you're you're doing, and it's 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 sickening, really, to be honest. I'm I'm just sick and tired of it. Like, you know, when you see someone's face and it just pisses you off. That's where I am with Arteta right now. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything he says. I get it, man. I feel your pain, Dan. I really do feel your pain. It's definitely Arteta, man. I mean, Emery, I was never really a big fan of him. Uh, I was quite quickly Emery out. Um, but with him, I didn't really have any hope. Arteta, Arteta swindled me for about six months. <laughs> so he swindled us all to be fair I think everyone I don't think anyone maybe there's one person I can think of who didn't buy in small small at least to the Arteta hype train um, soon, sooner or later somewhere along the route we've all got off you know um, but he, he frauded everyone I don't think anyone out there can say that they, they weren't done by him you know the biggest, this is the big, the biggest scam of all time. This is this. <laughs> Arteta is a is a professional f man, mate. He's. But <laughs> uh, anyway, I think we should call it a day. We've been going for about an hour, and um, we we covered a lot of this on the Patreon pod on. Um, or, or on Monday. So if you guys want to have a more comprehensive listen to our managerial targets and who we would go for to replace Arteta, subscribe to our Patreon, listen on there, and and you and you can find out um, who we would go for. But yeah, lads, um, take it easy. And we'll be back uh, next week. We'll be back on Patreon on Monday for another re- for a review of the Chelsea game. And we'll be back with a, another Touchy Gunners episode on um, next Thursday. Take it easy, lads. Nice. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! Could have went left, but it went right. Because it went wrong, but it went right. Said it was Ian, but it went right. Pass on, pass on, sack. MVP in the free kick. Can I get a deposit? We're heading for a classic.
man could have had that fight. But I'm in walk on site. Man, I have to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, I'm gonna work with a bad man fight. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. It's our Ramsey. That's foul. That's offside. the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score from my team in the time I play. Whatever I know when man sees it. Sports Social Podcast Network.